G'day and welcome to the Point of Difference AFL Fantasy Podcast brought to you by the Keeper League Pod. On this new look episode, we ditch the round-by-round review to touch on more of the major issues facing AFL fantasy coaches heading into round four and a few new cheeky segments. Oh yeah, and Hef's here too. I'm not doing your stupid pod pod intro, by the way. Louis, take it away. It's the pod pod. G'day, I'm Doss here with Louie and Hef. We're recording Monday night and after a long weekend, we just did finished a huge recording of the Keeper League pod, so make sure you check that out. But the man from the Keeper League pod is here, Hef. Welcome. G'day, boys. It's nice to be in Dossie's Den. We've uh, named it here. It's, uh, we've got the Ludio, which is Lou's studio. Studio Hef and now Dossie's Den, our three recording areas. So, um, yeah, look, it's great to be here. Love the pod. Big fan of it. <laughs> Been on it once before. Um, keep listening to it. So, it's probably a good sign. That's right. Uh, thanks for coming on, Hef. We do appreciate it. It's almost like a, a, a back-to-back duo. You probably should go listen to maybe the Keeper League pod one first and then jump on this one. But if you're just in your classic like Louie, he was basically checking his scores all through the last podcast. Anyway, yeah, it didn't really add much to the key play pot. No, I'm kidding, mate. <laughs> <laughs> you might hear about 30 seconds of Louis while he was scrolling through his ranking, which, if we might say, is on the rise, Louis. Yeah, it's come up a little bit this week. So, um, last week, I think I was uh, just outside 2,000, 2,659. I've, I've come into 772. And what's been the biggest uh, success of your rising in the ranks? Has it been trades? Has it been just backing the way you started and just not making drastic changes? What's been your big success on the rise? Yeah, so it certainly hasn't been trades. It was just a rookie fix-up this week for me. So, I brought in Waterman and Campbell. Uh, it's just backing in what I selected at the start of the year and uh, not all of them are firing, but it uh, looks like a lot of my starting selections have, have been tra- And how about you, Hef? Have you had a decent week on the track in the Fantasy Classic arena? Yeah, not too bad. I scored 20-36. I think last week I was uh, ranked 20-21. Now I'm uh, 15-85, so jumped just under 500. Uh, there, so yeah, pretty happy with that, I guess. Not too bad. Pretty pretty rancid week from old Dossie. About a hundred points back from that. Nineteen eleven uh, from me. Dropping my rank. I'm not, no longer in the three digits like old Louis over here, but uh, in the two thousand uh, region, uh, we'll say. So not too bad. We're all, we're all sort of hanging in there, doing all right. Yeah, good position. Hope, hope our listeners are. Oh, we're all doing within well reach. Too. Yeah, definitely. So no 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 concerns right now. Lads, new segment though to kick it off. Nailed it, failed it. A player you nailed this week, a player you failed, whether it's in your starting squad or a player traded in. Hef, do you want to kick it off being our guest? Who'd you nail this week? Nailed um, it. This is part of my starting squad, but the player that I nailed was Rory Sloan. So, just keeping oh, you him took mine. in the side. <laughs> uh, yeah, what do you have this week? Uh, 115 points. Just a player, and Louis, you said it before the pod, so I'm going to steal this quote again. It's just a player that didn't leave our sides in the preseason. So, we, we picked him as one of our mid-price or just a bit higher than mid-price options, but we knew that he would uh, be improving this year, uh, building on his price as well and building his average back up to what it was before a, a shocking 2020 se- a season, really. And, uh, yeah, he's the, he's the pick, I reckon. He's just nailed it for me in my team anyway. He's done it before, and he's just producing it. He's also renowned for hot starts, which yep. I mean, he didn't he didn't get those huge scores week one two, but he's been chugging along and then going bang in round three was just what you wanted. How about you, Louis? You you found a new player because you were about to do Rory Sloan as well. You found someone you, else. You, yes, you so I did. I did have a backup, luckily enough, and that's Alec Waterman. So it's a little bit yeah. boring, but uh, I was in a position this week, like a lot of coaches, that had uh, Bergman, Hunter, and Highmore out. So I was sort of looking for that option. 
I think Dev Rob played the first game of the round, so that, yeah, that was do. a bit hard for me to do. So I jumped on Alec Waterman instead, dished out a 68, which is fantastic from a rookie on debut. So I'm happy to say I nailed that one. Yep, and he'll be in a lot more teams, I think, this coming week. So you're ahead of the curve in that respect as well. What my about you, Dozzy? My one's Zach Merritt. I'm going real simple. He's the only player that fired for me in my team this week. 121, but also putting the captaincy on him. Notice he only had the 72% time on ground. I, I do love my time on ground stats, as Jeff pointed yeah, out to me ground, during the week. But th- that's a huge score versus the Saints. And uh, we're seeing midfielders just carve against the Saints as well. But you just got to give that to him. Now, one you failed. Failed it. Who, who'd you do? Uh, Hef, what it's, was your fail this week? My fail was not so much a player. It was the fact I didn't get Grundy. I had the VC on Grundy's 150-odd, and I just didn't get it, the points, in the end. Okay. So, my issue was I was too scared to, say, put the C on merit and let the team announce, uh, announcements ride. I put it on McRae on the Thursday uh, and just yeah. took his option. I should have put it on merit, and what would have happened is I would have noticed Highmore was out, so I would have just put the C on Highmore and then just rolled with Grundy's score. So I was just I, I just got to back my players in later on, you know, and and kind of expect some donuts coming into my side. So it's not so much a player that I failed; it was more so what really affected me was not being able to get Grundy's score. It also would have been pretty hard to go against McRae though, if you had I him know. sitting in your team against North Melbourne. You probably would have thought he was gone monumental. Oh, at three, probably at wasn't three what quarter we time expecting. though, we're all shitting ourselves. So oh yeah, yeah, yep, he came home strong. What about you, Louis? Failed it. Uh, my fail, like a lot of coaches, was not trading out Hayden Young or Jordan Clark this week. So they were on the trade table all week. I still could have, despite some of the rookie outs, decided not to, and that ended up being about a 60 point turnaround. Yeah, that's that's a tough one to swallow. What about this. you, Doss Man? You've got a few to pick from, mate. Oh, plenty, plenty. I've actually, <laughs> I think I've sort of touted on this podcast a few times. My strength is my trading. And gee whiz, I've I've gone I've done two terrible trades within the first four trades we've had. Well, tell us about your uh, your probably biggest failure this week. What was it? All right, are we going to talk about him right now? I think so. So you lads, I mentioned I don't I don't know if I was that big on it on the pods. I might have been big on it on the pods, but I certainly as the week wore on, the group chat was firing about how I was going to bring in Tex. Yep. All right. We tried to convince you. You guys trolled me in the group chat. It wasn't a troll. Daily gifts of text. Ga- daily. Multiple. <laughs> daily. More like hourly. Hourly, te- <laughs> hourly text gifts, which <laughs> made me- You guys know how my brain works. It's not that that was going to enforce bring him in. It was thinking these guys are- Making fun of me here. I need to take him out of my trade plan. This might be speaking to a different demographic. I'm not sure the demographic is this, but uh, I was watching Bluey with my son today, and there's this little Jack Russell that has ADD and it just bounces around with different ideas. This is basically Doss in our group chat. He actually replies to himself in the chat, like legit. <laughs> so sorry, and yeah. So I think if we can kind of, we thought if we could kind of just keep subliminally pumping him with text gifts, we could get him to be brave enough to pick him. So but I think the work. move from now on is to just drop a name here and there, Hef, because I was pretty. Keen on Noah Anderson last week is just a cheeky little option <laughs> yep. in classic yep. and that was enough to sort of plant the seed in Dossie's <sighs> mind and now he's got Noah Anderson staring at him in that midfield mix. He's my failed it. Right now I'm still backing him in. I brought him in for Dyson Heppel. He scored me 71. So it's more of the same. It's yeah. You haven't lost out there. You, 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 yeah, you just hate- You've you wasted hate to do, trade, it's, it's, a, it's a wasted yeah, trade, yeah, really. Yeah. Um, and I've already traded in sharp and out sharp within the first two weeks. So, um, terrible trading on my behalf. I will, become, I will get yeah. better. Lads, this is our next section Sharpen that we're going up. into. It's the top five. And what we're going through is the hottest top- Hottest 
five topics for the week, and we're going to discuss it roundtable style. And I just want to start it off with a hot issue this week, and it's the red dot crisis that we faced in round three and heading into round four, what to do. Luckily, we got a few options coming in with the guys we've- a couple of guys we've already mentioned with Waterman playing for Essendon, um, Dev Rob, who was amazing for, for people that had the guts to bring him in on the early game for Brisbane. But we've had Bergman, Highmore, Sharp, Hunter, then Hayden Young's popped a string. Just the red dots, lads, like- Louis, what's the plan from here with all these red dots, yet you've got underperforming guys like a Geordie Clark, a Paddy Dow, guys like this, what's what, the red dot crisis, like it's come at a bad time. Yeah, so this week was a great example of why it can be really tempting to trade in a bloke like Tex Walker, for example. Uh, if you've got three or four blokes on the bench that are losing their position in the side, all of a sudden, all that cash generation that you've used on a bloke that's playing anyway- um, to make a bit of cash, you're actually losing on the bench. So I think that in terms of those rookies, you really need to make sure that you are constantly turning them over and generating that cash. Yeah, I, I think one of the biggest rules I've learned from Stato over the year, the statesman, we had him on uh, in one of the early episodes, it's just the green dots. You've got to have just those green dots all the time. And and the red dots is just a major issue at the moment. So, is your opinion, Louis, being statesman junior, that we, need to, fix, that, stage that we need to fix these first before fixing other issues like, say, a Geordie Clark, for instance? You do, but at the same time, sometimes you need to consider, so a Tom Highmore. Tom Highmore's got, uh, obviously got dropped, but he's got the Eagles coming up this week. S- uh, St. Kilda got smashed. They're going to need some tall defenders back there. So I would suggest that Highmore probably comes in, could probably make a similar case for Bergman at Port Adelaide. So these are the types of guys that already have that low break even that may be holding for a week. And then being named again is actually the play because if you're bringing in a different rookie, they're obviously coming in if they haven't played yet, they're coming in with that inflated break even. So you're making a little bit of cash, but over that two week period, there's probably not a big difference. Oh, even even St. Kilda could have used a Paul Hunter on the weekend oh, as yeah. well. So I like mean, yeah. with the red dots that you've got, let's just let's just kind of hold for a bit before we panic too much and just see who comes back in. Yeah, you you're right. I think, week, co- I think a couple of those will be greens yeah. again. But I, I 100% agree like in, with the Statesman and the Statesman Junior that um, I, I'm a big fan of getting rid of the – leaving one for your loophole, obviously, but getting rid of, rid of as many red dots as you can because you need that cash generation. If you're going to be any chance at the end of the year, you need to keep generating that cash. And further to that, if you're not constantly bringing these guys in, we've already seen this year that we've lost a Coldwell, a Rao, a Harms, Wits, Heppel, Draper, danger suspension. So if you're not moving on these rookies when you're able to, all of a sudden next week, you might find yourself in a position where you just can't generate the cash and you're going sideways elsewhere. It's really hard to find that balance as well of, of knowing when we can jump off these players and when we can fix up the red dots. Maybe just the simple message from from sounds like from both of you guys is if you've got red dots and you have the ability to fix it up and you've got a green dot that might be a little bit underperforming, you just fix the red dot first Correct. and then fix that. 100%. Yeah. It's sexy to bring in that guy that's going to give you 100, but if you can get you a rookie that makes you 40K and bring in that same guy 
or a different guy who's at a similar price next week and he gets you that 100, you're in the same position but you're 40K richer. So, play the long game. The only time it differs is if the break-even is just ridiculously high and you're going to lose more cash that way. That's one like scenario where you might think about doing something different. But like, for example, Paddy Dow, everyone's talking about trading Paddy Dow out last week. Yes, he obviously failed us, but I personally thought a 37, I think it was, was a gettable break-even from him. Turns out it wasn't. But uh, look, that's the kind of way you need to think about this because so many people want to trade these guys on. But if the break-even is gettable, then you just keep going with them. And the only time you'd actually think about trading a green dot over red dot is if the break-even just gets stupidly high. Exactly. And that's the reason I opted to keep Hayden Young in the end. It didn't work out for me, but I knew that Hayden Young moving on to, you know, the next six weeks, we'll probably play every single game. And you can take a lot out of that, whereas a Jacob Kaczynski probably played okay today. Job security, a question mark. He's someone I'd be worried about, so. Yeah, and and you jumped on a Waterman who's going to now hold you in good stead ahead of the curve sort of thing as well. All right, this second on the top five, we've got Andrew Gaff. Just just a epitome of holding your premiums here, dropping a 150 what was going on with Gaff, though, in the early round uh, heft that you saw? I think we spoke about it on the pod pod. His running patterns were weird. He didn't know where to go with the new system. It just kind of maybe he was just off for a couple of weeks. He's back. It just seemed like as well that West Coast were going very direct to their tools as well. Yeah. And kind of skipping him in the passage of play. This week, it was very much let's keep the ball off Port Adelaide and watch them unravel. And I reckon he really benefited from that. It was just like kind of instead of bombing long into the forward 50s, they just kept the ball off Port Adelaide by chipping around, kicking to each other and kind of just working, you know, chipping away up the field and things like that. It allowed Gaff to get into that into that passage of play and things like that. So I think that helped Gaff on the weekend. Now, do we see West Coast going back to – and this is kind of what the point I'm trying to make. Is this something Gaff has adjusted in his game or something West Coast have adjusted or is this just a kind of match-up type style of play that they use this week to kind of dismantle Port Adelaide? Could we see it going back to, you know, going a lot more direct next week? I'm not sure who West Coast have. I probably should know that. Um, but, yeah, could we see them so going more direct next week and then, you know, missing Gaff again? Who knows? But I think that was a difference anyway in his scoring this week. I think so because we see from Port Adelaide that they – they really focus on their own game style. So even though they're a tough, uh, tough team to score against because they just possess so much of the pill, they don't actually play a super accountable brand of football going back the other way. And, and that's they don't, what and we they saw don't change from the their game plans for anyone. If they're losing, they won't change it. They'll exactly. keep trying the same thing, which is kind of frustrating. Their coach is too poor to do that. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, I, I, Gaff is. Uh, I would just if you've already got him, obviously keep yeah, him. Absolutely. Get you 155. Fantastic. I think that there's still going to be a little bit of volatility over the next few weeks, but he's one to watch. He's a really interesting player this year. Yeah, he's a guy that averages 112 at Optus as well. So you were hoping that that would return to the norm. It probably did in this round in him getting a massive score. But it kind of leads me to the number three in our top five. And that's the blowout wins and losses that we have seen this season. Now, um, that was a pretty blowout game. I think I think Port kind of made it a little bit more respectable in the end. But it was controlled from the start. Sorry, lads. Um Port fans, both of you, both of you here, but it, it was controlled straight from the start of the game. The mighty, mighty, mighty Weagles um, getting over the top of years, but we're seeing it more um, across the league. Seemingly, that there's just these blowout wins, and does that contribute to maybe more than ever holding firm with your premium? So a guy like Andrew Gaff has a couple of down weeks. He's probably not the one I'm looking at. Maybe a guy like Zach Butters in a blowout win. He gets 119. He dips down. If Port bounce back next week and he goes out and gets 100 in another dominant 
disposal display, are we just maybe just rotating through players that have shown a ceiling? I'm talking about specifically like a Butters, a Dugowie guy, he hasn't shown us the ceiling in the regular season. Someone like a Butters who's shown us a ceiling, do we not jump off these guys' quick reaction more than ever this season due to the nature of how some of these games just teams aren't touching the pill? Yeah, I think if you've got them in your side, you're not jumping off anyway because, you know, you've probably got other issues to fix up at this point in time. Absolutely. I will say, though, when trading these guys in and in these kind of types of players you're talking about, you need to be very mindful of the fixture, who they've got coming up, what sort of game could be played. Like Butters, great example, needs to kind of win a bit of contested footy in there as well. Uh, very handball-dependent kind of player as well mm. kind of in and under that sort of stuff if they're getting on top of it like if the opposition midfield is getting on top of them he might not score as well so yeah I think just when bringing these guys like if you've got them you've got to hold them because you've got other right now I'd be very surprised if you don't have other issues to actually fix up but um, yeah I think if you are thinking about bringing a guy like this in like Butters was someone I considered this week and then I saw the West Coast matchup and I just didn't feel right about it I thought you know Port actually could been a bit of trouble this week, so I didn't bring him in, but um, ended up getting Dunkley in, in, instead. So that was kind of nice. <laughs> but uh, yeah, um, yeah, definitely be considering going forward. That's for sure. I just like uh, probably another player, the guy that I brought in. Like Gold Coast get done by around fifty disposals um, against Adelaide, which probably we didn't expect. Leading disposal winner on the ground for Gold Coast was Noah Anderson. Now I paid. I'm just saying. This isn't all about my team. I'm saying Sounds like it. there's there's players around the league that are doing similar stuff. Like if you've jumped on someone, do you trust more so more than ever that next week maybe things are different? I just think that there's a more volatile style of we're just seeing upsets. We're seeing random wins here and there. I'm sort of more likely to stay on a guy that I've picked now and do the rookie fix-ups more than ever. Yeah, you've got to keep backing them in, Doss. You've picked these blokes for a reason and they will eventually come good and, and you'll know when they're really just no good at all, I think. Number four in the top five, all things rucks, guys. Uh, Grundy Gorn, people that started with the with the set and forget rucks, absolutely licking their lips this week. Um, or if Are they? If, well, if you went one of the two especially, you'd be pretty happy. I mean, they both they both fired pretty well. Uh, tons from both. So, I think we looked at the rucks a little bit differently a couple of rounds ago where the first round we went, oh, no, look at these two big rucks or, you know, there was quite mm. a few of them. They're scoring no good. But we weren't looking at the other end of the spectrum where these rookie rucks were actually scoring pretty decently. I think Matt Flynn went sort of 60 or 70 or – no, it was a no, 99 was, yeah, yeah, in round one. Big, yeah. So, while we were going, oh, no, the rucks are dead, well, hang on. No, the blokes that we paid way too much for – May, may have been dead at that point. But what we've seen is rookie rucks have been very capable of scoring. Lloyd Meeks come in and he's averaged pretty much 55. So I think that uh, these two big dog rucks are obviously the two keepers. But at this point, um, you've got to say that coaches paid too much for them. I think so. I just I feel like we're looking at, like we've just talked about, um, the red dot crisis uh, hitting us early in the season. We've got some mid prices that you may or may not have gone on um, that you're now having to fix up or injuries, and eventually is this gonna is this gonna catch up with us? Hef, starting I, with you know I, I've I've gone the double rookie ruck. Yeah, yeah, I know a lot of people have gone Flynn Grundy or Flynn Gorn, um, which Flynn has been absolutely fine. And you just you're just happy. I'm saying that these rucks kind of look like they're back and firing 110, 120. They're they're at the point now where they where they have been in the past few years where it's killing you not having them. 
I think I think with this year we've actually just the difference has been we've actually got some rookie rucks that we can rely on. So not just rely on in terms of scoring because you know the scoring is going to be up and down. It's more so that they're going to be playing each week. And I think this year more than ever I'm more confident. I've set and forget. This is the first year I've never done you know not set and forget my rucks. And this year more than ever I'm confident of still being able to get to a Gorn later in the season without blowing up my side. Um, I know he's going to probably go big from now on, but I think uh, Flynn is just going to keep building and building and building from this point onwards. I have confidence that with maybe you know over the period of two weeks, a couple downgrades, I can get to Gorn eventually. Previous years I had not, I've never even considered going a rookie ruckman to try to get to someone like Gorn, and it's the reason why you set and forget is because they're so hard to get to. That's all. And you're actually going to have three trades essentially to get to Max Gorn because you're going to hold Matt Flynn until his buy round. Otherwise, yep. you're wasting an additional trade yes. just to trade off of Flynn, not to Gorn, and then to jump on Gorn again when when you're eventually able to. So, I think Flynn is someone or really any rookie ruck, you run them to the buy as long as they don't share the same buy as Max and Grundy, yep. and then you jump on afterwards. And with those three trades, or really, if you're going to be quite shrewd, you can use four or five over two weeks and get you gone if it's a must-have. It's a good tactic, really. Wait until the yeah, buy round so you can use a bit more. All right, number five on the top five. It's the man we talked about earlier in the show. It's Tex. Tex? <laughs> it's the Texan. It, first of all- Is it real, Doss? Is it is it too late for him? Can we get on? Can you trade a, a, a failed premium to get him like a Dagoe? And guys, this leads into- this week's Dossie's Dilemmas. We're out of the top five. We're into the Dossie's Dilemmas straight away. The question, Dossie's Dilemma this week, is Tex a must-have? I don't know about must-have given what his price will be now. I think you've in some ways missed the boat. What I will say is that there was a lot of people out there who ended up keeping Caldwell last week um, to get the zero so they could get Grundy on. It's probably actually the perfect sideways this week to actually go across to uh, Tex, what's he priced out? I haven't checked since the game. Uh, 558k. So it's pretty similar to what Caldwell's priced out, isn't it? So, uh, yep. Yeah, so you could just go straight across, mate, if you've helped that. It's actually the perfect scenario for those people. Um, and I'm, I'm assuming his break-even is just super, super low still. So Yeah, you, you jump on Tex purely for his break-even. Yeah. He's got the minus nine, I would oh. assume. This week, he goes 100-plus versus North. Uh, that oh. could potentially come down further. He could make 90 more K. What's tough is he's priced at 85 now. So, it's not like you're really getting that value in terms of what you're paying for. You might this week, but if Tex does drop a 70 quite quickly, that break even is going to flip on itself. And what we've seen through these first couple of rounds is we can't get rid of a Jordan Clark. We can't get rid of a Jordan Mm. Dugowie. We can't get rid of a Hayden Young. We can't get rid of a Jai Coldwell. And we've got all these rookies to deal with on the bench. I just think- that if you brought in Tex last week, well done, great yeah. pick, and it's come, you've come out smelling Thanks, like guys. roses. But now it's too late. It's too late. Yeah, far out. It's a it's a great point you make. Um, but the, the gifts are going to be coming this week, Dossie. Don't don't yeah, you worry about that. Probably one. be in my side by the end of the week. Good luck with anyone that goes for him. Um, I just yeah, that that makes a whole lot of sense. The negative the negative break even. The fact he's got North Melbourne this week. Gee, people might be running on the ground at three quarter time. Because he's notched up the ton for the year. Um, <laughs> three quarter time. <laughs> uh, uh, it's, it could get that messy. We, we could, you know, people might be floating around with a C on text this week. It would not surprise me at all. Um, I saw someone do that. Yeah. Uh, it's going to happen this week. This week, it'll happen a lot more. Like, look at his scores. Look at who he's up against. It'll happen. I, I don't. It'd be hilarious. I would not do it. <sighs> but I, would, I applaud anyone who does. 
Yeah, for sure. All right. So text is not a must have is the answer to Dossie's dilemma this week. Guys, our next segment, it's time to target. A player that might have maybe dropped in value, maybe just is showing signs that, you know, you don't have him yet. You're looking at um, probably not, I guess, owned by stacks of people or maybe he is. I don't know. We're, we're going with whatever on this segment, but it's time to target. Louis, who's it time to target? For me, it's Zach Williams. And Zach Williams has been someone that I've been trying to target for a couple of weeks now because the fact is this is a bloke who's playing in the midfield. We've seen that with the centre bounce attendances. At the moment, he's not scoring well. So he went 77 on the weekend, 63 the week before that. I'm thinking that's a bit of teething issues. At GWS, when he played pure midfield, he was going 110 plus every single week. And even as a defender, Zach Williams was going 80 plus. So right now, what he's priced at, I don't think there's a lot of downside besides maybe his injury history. But the upside of Zach Williams is that he's possibly a top six defender, top eight, top 10. He's near enough that at 600K, you can jump on this guy really quickly, underspend, have a bit of change left over, cash in your rookies and upgrade to a premium elsewhere. So sort of playing the long game there, but I think there is something to underspending on a premium early who's underpriced right now and utilising that cash elsewhere. So I guess I'm making a different point here, but Zach Williams is the man that you need to jump on this week. Time to target Zach Williams. Yeah, it's a, it's a good point. For at, his, at his price, so right now, what is he, 597K. If you've got a bit stashed in the bank, he could be um, a le- legitimate option for Hayden Young owners as well. Like yep. If you can get up there, with a, if you've got something in the bank, you can go down again, perhaps get up there to get him as well. And there's no harm in going early on Zach Williams because right now he's got a 99 break even. You might go, oh, okay, I'll wait till next week and see if he comes down a little bit more. Well, if he brains it next week, I can tell you every single coach in the competition is going to be jumping on him and you've missed out on that previous Zach Williams score of 120. You're just chasing. Go early, have the unique, and I don't think it's something that's going to burn you too badly unless he gets injured. Don't mind that one, Louis. Um, mine, um, it's a bit of a, a different mould, but uh, I'm thinking Jake Lloyd might be getting to a price where he's more gettable than he will be for the rest of the season. Uh, thinking about, I think he's breaking is still 129, but that's still actually gettable for Jake Lloyd, um, <laughs> which is crazy. But with the amount of kickouts he takes, he's mainly he's the main guy who takes them out. And I think that's probably what we saw over the first few weeks. He was kind of letting Dawson do a few more of them, stuff like that. But um, he's kind of getting back to his best. We know he had that knee issue complaint uh, in the preseason. Um, um, and I think you're not going to get him too much cheaper than this. So if you've got the luxury and you can actually get to him, it's probably the time to start looking at him. Otherwise, you're going to be spending a lot more later on, and he's definitely going to be a player. I reckon he's going to be a player that's in the team that wins the highlights, that's for sure. Look, Hef, I was about to come in and cut you off and say, look, Sydney, it was defenders against Richmond. They score massively. Then I had a look at his next few. <laughs> he's got <laughs> Essendon, followed by GWS, who've been garbage, followed by the Suns. And I'm like, gee, maybe, maybe you're onto something here. <laughs> well, I do think maybe you can wait a little bit longer for Lloyd. He's just that very high price. I just don't think he's going to get much cheaper. That's all. Yeah, so he, he's my number one trading target if you can afford an Uber yeah. premium yeah. this week. Yeah, I really exactly. like where he's priced at and what his break even is. It's achievable. You get on early. He's unique. But you can wait two weeks. Yeah, you, you can probably wait two weeks. Well, I, I initially had Gaff, but I think we spoke enough about him um, just given, you know, he's back to his sort of Uber, Uber best. He's low 700s. It's probably one of the cheapest you'll get him. But I want to go to other guys that I think come into the bracket that you're talking about, Hef, in yep. top six defender category. And you can kind of pick your poison here, whichever one you trust most. I've got Callum Mills, 
who's playing pure mid and he's had two fantastic games out of three and, and his lowest score was in the high uh, mid to high 80s. Louis, you've been massive on Callum Mills. You, you, he's a top six defender this year. Oh, 100%. Yeah, 100%. He was pretty much knocking on the door at the end of last year in the latter half of last season. Uh, I was playing that midfield role. Uh, then now we're seeing this season, clearly that's his role. He's attending pretty much the most centre bounces of any Sydney mid. There's a clear passing of the torch from Luke Parker and Josh Kennedy who are in their latter years. So Mills will be someone who will lead that group. And as a junior, he played as a junior, uh, sorry, as a junior, obviously he played as a junior, had very good, <laughs> had very good scoring as, as well. So, as <laughs> yeah, <laughs> probably was playing so, the so other no, It's, it's, yeah, it's really job. promising going forward. And he's someone who's going to pick up mid status too, which we've seen probably already in the last few weeks. That, Pretty handy. That Laird DPP, that Jordan Clark DPP has become really handy. Yeah. Um, the other player I wanted to just talk about, you know, pick your poison sort of thing. This is the opposite end of the spectrum, not a midfielder. He's a, this is a guy that I think is now genuinely, I mentioned him last week. I think he's in that top six contention and it's a Gold Coast son, Jack Bowes. Now we do have a man from the Keeper League podcast here. Your other half of the Keeper League podcast, a huge fan of Jackie Bowes. Doesn't shut up about him. No, he does not, but he's been. He's got gifted an amazing role this year, and it's thanks to Jack Lacocious moving out of that back line. He's moved up onto a wing. Jack Bowes now taking kick-ins is the number one distributor out of there, and Gold Coast is the second highest marking team in the AFL right now. They love to possess the ball in the back line, much like West Coast do, chip it around. Mm-hmm. I think he's a genuine top six defender this year now as well. Yeah, I agree. The The kick-out uh, role is just pivotal to that. Um, he takes them all basically. And the thing is, because he's such a good user of the ball, that's not going to drop at any stage as well. Yep. Like, they specifically want the ball in his hands wherever possible. So, I think Jack Bowes is a great option. And yeah, I'm going to be very surprised if he's not a top six option. It's time to sell, guys. The the people that haven't lifted to our expectations, these are more of your your premium type players, I guess, because it, it is- <laughs> Mine's not. Okay, well- <laughs> Okay, that, that mid-price- Sorry, the mid-price kind of guys. Um, well, mid or, or the premiums. Kind. It's up to you. It's time to sell, Louis. For me, it's Jordan Clark. And he's highly owned. 40% of coaches have him in their team. Uh, he's just played today. Put up a 55. Didn't look great. Kicked a goal. It's probably okay. saved okay. his game early with that. But- <laughs> It's still uh, good. It's still good. <laughs> the Simpsons pig wandering down the but, street. But next week and the week after and the week after that, while he's named in the team, constantly there's going to be a thought in our minds that, oh, shit, is Jordan Clark going to be dropped this week? Especially this week with Menegola and um, and Danger to come in in the next two weeks. So, he's some- And obviously, Charlie Constable was the sub today. So, he's got a bit of competition for his spot. I said in the preseason, Doss, my concern was that he doesn't have a role. He's really not – I mean, he's good at everything, but he's really not a master of any of it either. So, I'm a little bit concerned with where he sits in that side and for that reason, I think you just go early on him and trade. All right, uh, Louis. Uh, Hef, sorry. Apologies in advance if this turns into a fist fight right now. But <laughs> oh, for I me, it's time to sell Paddy Dow. 
No. <laughs> I have completely jumped off board the Paddy Dow Peninsula. Um, I'm swimming. I don't really have to swim. I can probably just drive off of it. <laughs> I'm getting the fuck out. It's more out of a of, puddle, yeah, actually. Really, yeah. I'm oh, getting the fuck out of uh, look, Paddy I'm Dow Peninsula. I'm ashamed you were ever permitted um, access. I'm ashamed I got on board. <laughs> I'm ashamed you were permitted access onto Paddy Dow Peninsula. It's it's always a long road on, on the Paddy Dow Peninsula. You've got to really settle in. You've got to set up your shack. Look, You've got to really build yeah, that home. I thought, I thought you were really keen. I mean, I've got my mansion on there. I saw you pitching your little <laughs> tent, but you never really put the peg holes down and you, you never really were invested, were you? I don't regret, I don't regret taking him because at his price and what he showed us in the preseason, it was enough. But right now, he can't get his break even of, what, 38. It's time to sell. For whatever you can get out of him, he needs to go and you just need to move on from Paddy Dow. It's an unfortunate thing, but it might be true. Uh, it's time to sell for me. I'm just going... Jordan Dugowie. Um, I'm just done with him. I, I can't handle watching him again. It might be the the exact what I'm saying um, in not to sell these sort of guys that might have that higher ceiling down the road and, you know, up and down sort of scores. But I don't think he's the, the Kmart dusty type thing. He, he's the reject shop, Jake Stringer. Um, I, think, <laughs> I think for Jordan to go in. So, uh, it's time to sell him. I'm, I'm jumping off. Um, but I probably won't be able to with the red dots. So, he might be uh, fielding yet again in my side. Yeah, he's staying for me, unfortunately. Who's on your radar? This is our next one. On your radar, Louis, who's on your radar? This, this, is, a, this is a player that you're monitoring closely, not ready to pounce just yet because of their price, maybe their matchup this week. But who's a guy... On your radar. So, for me, it's a bloke that I think every single serious fantasy coach in this competition is tracking right now. And coming off a 103 or 106 on the weekend, it's Adam Trelaw. He's back in that centre bounce brigade. We didn't see that in the first week. We saw a little bit of an uptick uptick in the second week. Then in the third week, he's well and truly in that engine room. And gee, looks good. He's bursting out of stoppages. He's kicking goals. And Mm. he's just being his usual Adam Shaw, 110 averaging self. So, yes, it's a concern that that role will be volatile. And don't get me wrong, every single dog's midfielder in that uh, team, it's going to be a volatile role. So, yeah, okay, McRae might have his 27 CBAs at the moment. I'm just saying that there's a good chance that that can drop by 10 the following week. And Libba takes them up, you know? So, that's where I'm getting at with that one. Yeah. But Trelaw still a very nice option at his price. And you just, just want to see. Just want to see a week or two more maybe. I think I think you can go early. You can definitely go yeah. early. But I would wait one more week. He's got a little bit of a cash rise to fall further. And then it, it's time to start working out how you get Adam Trelaw into your team. And at 700K, it's really easy actually. Jordan Go- yeah. Dugowie might be a candidate. I like it. On your radar, Hef. Um, bit of a more of a left field one. I don't think too many people will be considering this one, but a player that I have a bit of a an affinity for, and that's uh Toby Green. So yes. let me explain that's myself nice. here. All right. 101 points on the weekend. He only scored 73 in the first week, but had 99 points the weekend previously. He's priced at right now 638k. I actually had in my notes it would be around 640, so I'm pretty impressed with myself how close I got that writing before the show doc started, <laughs> before the uh, round closed. Um, but look, he's doing it without getting a heap of CBAs. But what we saw as well was um, Canelio out now as well because he's a potential to move back in there. Um, I think the issue has been, I guess, GWS, which is just – Will they continue being this shit? Um, will there be opportunities for him to score goals? Um, but they come up against Collingwood this weekend, usually a pretty fantasy-friendly team to play against. Um, I think at his price, I'm not saying trade him in, but 
Let's just have a look at him for a bit because he could be a legitimate option. Yeah, definitely, Hairfall. I turned the Hawkeye on uh, the other day when Cogs and DeBoer went down. I was just looking yeah. for Toby Green's CBAs because- oh, Especially when the guy like, I think Brent Daniels, was it? Was yeah, it- so Brent Daniels, they were saying on the coverage, Giants want him to be the guy actually delivering inside 50. Yeah. So, they've got Bobby Hill, they've got Toby Green, and they've also got um, uh, Brent- da- no, Sorry, not Brent Daniels, the other one down there who- Himmelberg or- Oh, no, he, he's sort of a- He's about one of the smalls. Yeah, he's sort of like a medium forward, but um, Lloyd, Daniel Lloyd. So, yeah, it's an interesting forward line at the Giants, but I think they still want to use Toby Green. I don't think they should be, but um, I'm not they sure They just want that change of pace in the midfield. Yeah, I, I agree. I was I was looking out for the for the Toby Green midfield resurgence, but he, he's good enough. He's scoring good enough down forward is what Hef is saying. Yeah, definitely. And like I think we will see a bump over the next few weeks. Especially if they're doing well. this bad and he's scoring okay. Yeah, maybe yeah, they, yeah really maybe good sign, actually. Uh, my three guys are on a team that has been- Struggling a little bit, but got the got the W on the weekend only just after the siren. Three Brisbane players that I've got on my radar. Dane Zorko, he's looking like an easy top six forward. Um, the fact he's scoring amazingly well um, this early. He's had two performances where he actually did pretty well on, on a poor. The disposals were right down. They were at the bottom of the league for disposals, yet he still scored well. Um, and then two other guys, Hugh McCluggage and Lockie Neal. Hugh McCluggage is probably the prototype of guys that play inside and outside. That's just what we've said all preseason that's going to be conducive to good fantasy scores. And he had 118 on the weekend. If he can produce that a couple more times or one more time, I might jump on board. Lockie Neal, just wait for the price plummet, see if he can get back to his his best there. What do you guys think on uh, on Brizzy? Yeah, Zorko's a go early now. So, his price is going to start to climb. Had yep. the 130 plus on the weekend with a 120-ish break even. So, he's someone that now is the time to strike. Maybe wait one more week, but definite top six. Love Dane Zorko as a player and has incredible ceiling. Lockie Neal is an interesting one because he's got that back injury that he's spoken about that's affecting him, but he's still going to play football at this point. So, mm. It's a bit of a weird one where, yeah, he gets cheap enough. You've got Lockie near it. Supposedly, he still scores 105 plus. Yes, that's a good option, but I'd just be cautious with it. They're going to rest their best player before the grand final if they make it. I mean, this is a grand final. They'll team. rest Hugh McCluggage? <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Uh, Hugh McCluggage isn't worth talking about in classic circles yet. Oh, yeah, probably, probably right there. All right, we'll quickly bang through this. We're going to go through this next segment quickly because we're- we're already pushing the uh, pushing the time barriers again. We, we did the same on the Keeper League podcast before. But this one, show me the money. So, this is our top five, roughly top five. We might throw a few more in there. Rookie candidates based not just on break-evens. So, we're not just going to re- read out the, the best break-evens for rookies. This is based on their job security, namely, as well as their break-even that's going to make you some cash. But I think we've obviously got to talk about Dev Robinson. I just want a- Let's go one one quick answer from each of you. No no big sentences on this one. Just one quick answer. Dev Robinson, Louie. So, you're asking me not to use big sentences. That's tough, <laughs> Dossie. Uh, look, for Dev Robinson, obviously had elite junior scoring numbers. I've said that a few times tonight. Uh, he's breaking into that side, perhaps. Uh, but Jared we look Berry's at, the looming one, isn't it? Yeah, that's it. We yeah. look at- I would have uh, answered that with job security. Yeah, we, <laughs> we look at the full strength side of the Lions and I'm not sure that Dev Robertson has more than two weeks in him. So, yeah, he has a really good break even. And if you got on him last week, well done. You'd probably get one more week out of him. But I'd be really cautious jumping on him this week. Yeah, so see, I'm- I don't know if that is like- It is well done if he does get dropped because then you've got another 
you got a donut. Another red, another red maybe dot. He's well, a lot maybe of, he should a lot be of in coaches top had him on field. Here so oh, yeah, yeah, if yeah, you so. get a 94 from a yeah, rookie, true, you, you take that. that. But uh, yeah, going past next week, I wouldn't be confident in his job security at all. Nah. Uh, Chris Burgess. <laughs> You're slowly making me come around to him, Doss. I think he's probably oh, yeah. going to have one of the better, like now that they don't have a ruck, uh, Gold Coast. Yeah. I think he's going to be used in that role um, and he probably will spend some time up forward as well. He's the only probably decent listed defender um, at, that, at his price. And we've all got Hayden Young who is injured. So, I reckon he's one of the better um, yeah. options this so week. So, the whole point is that he's going to replace uh, Wits in the ruck while Wits is out. Um Zach Smith, who's their other ruckman, is also injured for yeah, four, four to five four weeks. weeks yeah. And this is an article that was written back when Witsy was fit and firing in the preseason. Oh, here we go. This, this is a quote. In the worst case scenario that Wits would fall foul of injury, and then they also say he's played 79 of 83 games since joining the Suns. So, he has fallen foul of injury, guys, just he's to let you know. fallen foul. Jew said they could turn to undersized swingman Chrissy Burgess. Before Smith returns. Burgess. <laughs> Chrissy Burgess. Um, anyway, he's very cheap and defender eligible and some really nice matchups on the ruck side of things. If he does get that role, just monitor that. Alec Waterman. We haven't gone short sentences, but Alec Waterman, Louis. Yeah. Uh, so, he was a straightforward pick for me this, uh, this week just because he's mature age. He's been able to do it at a junior level many years ago. And was able to replicate that at waffle level. And now he's in an AFL system and he's really just getting results, basically. We Looked saw good. that he kicked three goals in the preseason game. Finally got his go this week and slotted in nicely. I think he kicked two goals, 68 points or something like that. Job security should be up Bang there. Bang the goal from 50 out. Job just security extremely high given Essendon's injuries at the moment. So, I really like Alec Waterman. He's probably my number one rookie this week. All right. I like that. So that's three. Now the next, the next two in our top five that we've got, it's probably a toss up between the next names, and I want you to pick two. You both to pick two and see if you land on the same spot. So I've got Heath Chapman. I think he might be a bit expensive, but his his job security must be the highest out of the lot. Hayden Young injured at Fremantle. He has a re- he had a really nice scoring game with three frees against as well. So he's he's he could have scored an eighty in that game pretty easily. Um, Hef, do you like Heath Chapman? And the other guys we've got, sorry, Charlie Lazaro, Max Holmes from Geelong, and Tom Fullerton, he got absolutely belted by Grundy. We saw the uh, the image out there. It wasn't pretty. But he did have 17 touches, and if the big O is out, that's the only reason I'd pick him. Hef, who's your best two out of that? We've got to limit this to five. I think we've gone with Dev Rob, Chris Burgess, and Alex Waterman, Alec Waterman as our three. Who makes the cut in the top five? Uh, I like Heath Chapman out of those, just now with Hayden Young being injured. Plus, we saw a role that is conducive to fantasy scoring. Don't mind Waterman either, but I think I'm just a bit worried that the North Melbourne um, were buoyed by the playing North Melbourne a bit as well. So, um, yeah, I think Heath Chapman for mine is my pick out of job security for them. And Louis, do you want to round out our five then? Pick one out of the Charlie Lazaro, Maxi Holmes or Tom Fullerton. Or have you got another one? Oh, look, I'd probably go Tom Fordon, who I think is the cheapest there and the lowest break even. All right. This is our- We've got one more segment and- or oh, two more segments, actually, quickly. Lou looks ahead. This is one option based on the upcoming fixture alone we should be considering, Louis. Lou looks ahead. Yeah, so we've spoken about going early on players and I know it's really recent, but Titch dished up a 70 today. So, his break even is going to blow up to- you know, 140, 150, it already wasn't favourable. What I'm saying is you know what you're going to get from Titch. It's going to be 110 plus at a minimum. 
this year and his next couple of matchups. Listen to me here, Doss. Oh. Fremantle, Melbourne, Adelaide, St. Kilda, West Coast, North Melbourne, Carlton, oh, yes. Gold Coast, and then the bye. Beautiful. That is, those are some teams that Titch is going to go to absolute work with. Tell me more. <laughs> Probably have to have a look at who in those teams are taggers. Ed Kerno at Carlton springs to mind immediately. But I think in terms of ceiling over the next seven or eight weeks, Tom Mitchell's going to be up there with the best of them. I love that pick. Now, this is our final segment. It's called the Pod Pod Pod. <laughs> so, it is the Point of Difference podcast's Point of Difference of the week. And Hef is our special guest. He's got the honours of the Pod Pod Pod. I really like Jack Bowes. As I think we talked about it earlier, just about his role with the kick-ins. He's going to take all of those. He's going to be racking up plus threes all night, plus the, the game style that Gold Coast are playing, chipping around a lot in their defence. I really like him at the moment. So, that's my Pod Pod Pod. Beautiful, Hef. Love it. And uh, we're getting on to our listener questions now. You can follow us at Pod Pod AFL on Twitter. Uh, and these questions came through this afternoon. This one from Ninja Spoon. Jordan Clark, does he have the role or should I trade down to a rookie and upgrade somewhere else? We've mentioned it a few times, Louis. What's your thoughts there? Uh, certainly doesn't have the role, but I'd be hesitant about trading him down to a rookie given he's 450K. It seems like a lot of points to sacrifice. I'd look at going up or sideways. All right. Jor- Maybe an Isaac Cummings, probably the best option there. Like that. Jorgen Anderson, bring in Gaff, Trelaw, or McCluggage. He's going a bit of a unique option. Who do you like out of those? Gaff, Trelaw, or McCluggage? Jeez, uh, it's tough. Between Gaff, and, it's between Gaff and Trelaw for mine. I would probably go Gaff just purely because he's dropped a bit in price. Trelaw's probably on the rise. Am I correct in saying No, that? no. Oh, still on the way down. Still on the way 700K, down. 700K, Trelaw. Yeah, okay. About 50K um, less. Gaff is on the up now. I like I like Gaff. All right, Matt Mottram, best rookies this week. So we just sort of mentioned our top five there, but he wants to know about Waterman, Burgess. It's to rate the, rate them, please. We just have. So I think we've already done his one, but he says the big one, the big question here: to Tex or not to Tex? He's uh he's asked me the same. He's had the Dossie's dilemma of to Tex or not to Tex. What's the final answer, Louis? Go with your gut. All right, uh, and he, he wants to ask me personally: do I keep the arc for another week. He backed me in as well and got Noah Anderson, but we'll get a non-biased opinion. Hef, do we keep keep rolling on now with the arc? Now you've brought him in, which if you were to listen to us in the first place, uh, you shouldn't have. But uh, <laughs> now that you've brought him in, you've got to roll with him. You've got bigger issues. Agreed. Mad as Mel asks, I have two forced trades this week with Wits and Young plus bank total is 1 million what $118,000 is it better to grab grundy and a rookie or move flint to r2 and bring in some undervalued mid prices also has bergman cahill and highmore that are all concerns hef could you handle that mouthful jesus that is a long question um a million in the bank that is huge that's Monumental. That's, That's crazy. I think you need. I'm assuming you don't have gone, so I'm, I think you need Grundy in there. So I'll just go with that for sure. All right, it's, it sounds good to me. Uh, next one from Tom DT. It's probably the last week we get to jump on coming. Do we jump on even if we have another non-playing rookie or fix up all rookie spots first? Is our answer fix those red dots? Um, I would have to see Cummings break even this week because I know it was 18 last week. There's still a little bit of cash to be made. I think Cummings gets to 550, 560, 570K. So, 
I'm on the board. Depends of, on I the think, rookie, I think. I think you've answered your question earlier, though. His price is probably in that bracket of the the guys that we're talking about that we bring in and you can't find a way to get rid of them. Would that not be the same for Cumming? But you think he'll just score enough? Oh, I think Cumming scores enough. What I've seen is that he can probably average 80 from yeah, here I on. Yeah, I agree. I legit think he'd be an 80. He looks great. Better. Plus yeah. six is everywhere. So, yeah, he's someone that I think can sort of level out at 580K. Break even's 19, by the way. 19? Yeah. Jump on. Oof. Yeah, right. Okay. Marley says, has, has, uh, he has Wits and Young. Should I go Wits to Grundy or Flynn? He has gone at R1. Uh, then through DPP, I could easily get any primo for Young. And then who should that primo be? Thanks heaps, boys. That from Marley. Yeah, well, get, yeah, if you can do it, then do it. Get Grundy in. Set and forget your rucks. That's, that's good, isn't it? Yeah. And then you can get, do you say then he can get any primo in or is he saying that if he does that, what then he can't get- What primo should that be? No, no, sorry. But is he saying that he can get a primo in as well as getting- I could easily in? get any primo for Young. Yeah, but is that without the ruck trade is what I'm saying? No, that's- Is this the, is he choosing between getting the primo ruck in and or getting a primo defender in? Is that the question? Uh, yes. Yeah. Yep. So, he, he's asking, do I bring in Matt Flynn and oh, okay. sacrifice that- R2, or yeah. do I bring in a different rookie and go primo I, I defender, think, I guess? I think you'd need to- I, I would personally- sh- I'd probably at this point in time with Young is just probably shore up the spot in defence because you could, if you could just play Flynn as your ruck too. Is that what, he, is that what he's saying? I'd get Grundy as a non-owner of Grundy. It's going to kill you every week, I think. And, and he's already- his price can't get too much lower than this, right, Louis? Ah, uh, yep, yep. Yeah, I don't know. I just think I feel like if you don't go, if you don't replace Young with something half decent, you're gonna have a huge hole in your side. Whereas Flynn can put up something half reasonable as a ruck too, and then you can don't have you know you, you're not forced to play someone like Burgess on field. That's the only thing I'm thinking. All right, you've got two different opinions there. I suppose now it's just follow your gut there, yeah, Marley. Or we just on that one. No, I, I, I do agree with Hef. It's just <laughs> tricky with the with Flynn being three fifty k now. If this was last week, I would have said Flynn because he had the minus twenty nine breaker. Yeah, it's tough. Carla C. Hi, guys. Would love your thoughts on Jack Sinclair. So, is this more of the Keeper League pod question here for Hef? Because surely if you've got him- Okay. I think it's the same question from the same person. It, it is. is. Yeah. If you've got him in classic, get rid of him. Yeah, if absolutely. you've got him in draft, get rid uh, of him. Yeah. If you've, got him in, if you've got him in a Keeper League draft, you might be able to bench him to see what happens. Yeah. And pick up someone else off the waiver wire. But uh, in classic, he needs to go for sure. All right, Sam Seal. Should we get Tex or is it a trap? Just fine. Uh, we've already said you oh, guys- I think it's a trap. The fixture, with the fixture, like, no, at, at its price, it's a trap. If, if the price doesn't impact you and you can afford that and you've got heaps of cash, say you've got a million in the bank like the last person I don't, does. I'm on record. I don't think it's a trap. Yeah. I, I think it does, it's dependent on your team where it sits. Right now, I've got Hayden Young in defense. I've got Paddy Dow. I've got to get the fuck out of my team. Uh, <laughs> then he's not an option for me. But if you've got the luxury to do it, I don't mind it. Yeah, Doss, I think you're right. Maybe it's not a trap, but I think you're putting yourself in a position to trap yourself. So, shrewd coaches will get out of that position, make their cash move on. That but some coaches so are going to get juicy, stuck. Though. The fixture is so yeah. juicy. It is juicy. Um, Steve-O, is Green a good forward option now that Cogs is out? Hef, you'd love it. Yes, I agree. I think he is. Timothy Jane, uh, this is another- This is Timothy J, sorry. This is another text text question. We've gone through the text one. Is to go to text a serious option from Nick? Um, lots of people liking the text option. We'll just move on from the text ones now. I think we've we've answered that. The, the, thing, the thing is with text, just really quickly, is now he's not going to be a point of difference, which is this is the pod pod as well. It would have been greater last week because not as many people had gone on him. You don't want to have just the same guys everyone else has as well. So, 
it's it's a hard thing to consider. But well, yeah. you can if they're if they're a genuine option. It's whether you believe yeah, it. So if true. you believe he is a genuine option, I'm kind of leaning towards. I think he's still going to get you some monster scores for a few weeks. In that case, jump on board, and that's kind of where I'm leaning right now. These guys are more skeptical that he's going to be a problem. So you've just got to judge what you think and back yourself in 100 percent on it. Um, and don't look back. Nick wants to know, though, he wants to also know, does he use DPP to trade Sloan in instead? I, so, reckon, I reckon you've probably missed the boat with Sloan now. I agree. Yeah, yeah. had to start Sloan. Yeah. Um, Joe Blog, who to trade out first? Hayden Young, Will Powell, Dow, Cahill, or Sharp? Gee, that's a that's a few red If you've dots got the luxury, I don't, I don't see Sharp getting in at all again. So, if you've got the luxury just to get rid of him to someone else who's cheap and that will actually make you money, I'd probably just do that. But, yeah, I don't know. What do you think, Lou? Yeah, I'd probably do it in order of job security, I think. Yeah, true. Well, Young's done a string too. You get rid of him first, don't you? Oh, of course. Sorry to miss that one in there. Yeah. You definitely get rid of the injured blokes. Yeah. All right. Injured, then the job security factor. Yeah. Um, and which two best rookies to bring in? What did we settle on in the best two? Best two. I would, I'd probably go Robertson and Burgess. Robertson for the, the yeah. break even, Burgess for the job security. You're a Waterman. Oh, I'm Waterman and yeah. Burgess. Yeah. Waterman, Burgess. All right. And yeah, Hef, obviously the other way yeah. if you want to go that way. Oscar, best rookies to bring in and potentially field at D6, F6. All right, we just Burgess. answered that as just well. Um, when should we be looking to bring in a big dog at R2 to replace Flynn? Does he mean bring in a, bring in a, this before, bring yeah, in a big dog though, Louis? Does he mean a hickey, a big dog? Well, he's got a nice matchup <laughs> this week, doesn't he? So, look, he, he, hasn't he just surprised? Like, well, he, he was an option for me, you know, I reckon December. He was in my team and I went, nah, I can't pick Tom Hickey. 400K. <laughs> Jeez, turned out all right. But, nah, I, I think you've got to wait till after the buys Yeah, now. what you said about the buy was perfect, Lou. Uh, Lex Turnbull, who is the fallen premium to prepare to pounce on? And we've, we've talked about all these, but which one do we like most? Actually, we didn't talk about one. Gaff, Oliver- Neil, Lloyd, or other. So, Lloyd. I think Lloyd's the one for you. Yeah. Well, I mean, he's the probably going to be the clear um, defender or top six defender lock-in. I think the winner, like I said before, the winner of the Hilux will have Lloyd. I'm not sure if the winner of the Hilux would have Oliver. A lot of the top teams didn't have Oliver last year. Who were the other ones? Um, that was just Gaff, Neil. Oh. Um, yeah, Gaff, Neil, Oliver, Lloyd. I think Lloyd is yeah, the most certain one that I'm certain is going to be in the, in the best team of the year. Don't mind it. Uh, Darren wants to know, is Burgess an option for Young? Yes, we've yep. all said yes. Um, allows you the dollars to go to Goey to Dunkley. Oh, that's a very nice one. Or he wants to know, go up to a Cumming instead of a Burgess. So, I guess that is the other option. Oh, I'd play it safe and go up to Cumming. If you're playing him on the field, go to Cumming. Yeah. I'm going Burgess out of that. So, no, we, we've had a lot of split opinions. I like how you're not actually pronouncing it Burgess anymore as well. Um it's when I say Chrissy, when it's Chrissy Burgess, it's Chrissy Burgess. Yeah. And then it's just Burgess if it's not. Okay. Uh, Brady Beer, thoughts on Josh Kelly? Seems to be playing half forward with no mid time at all. Louis, you were big on Josh Kelly in the preseason. I was pretty keen on him too. Um, what's going on? I can't tell you what's going on, Doss. It's a bit of a mystery to me as Jimmy well. just suck. Uh, Cornelio went down. DeBoer went down, as I've already mentioned. And I thought, okay, great. Josh Kelly can get involved in the play and he can be someone that we can jump on in the next few weeks. No, he just stayed at half forward. I don't know what Leon Cameron was doing. Uh, obviously, you're still able to find the ball. It's Josh Kelly. He's a superstar. But it's really interesting. I mean, it's a contract year for him. He's probably he's not in that midfield group. Oh, I don't know. There's just not a lot of things adding up. 
So I, wouldn't be, talk- I wouldn't be bringing him in in any way. No, you talk, no, you talk you about fallen premiums, um, ones to watch. He's got to be one. He's he's one of the best. But you're not in that role. That's no, no, no. Yeah, that's yeah. it. If he gets it, though, it's jump on. Yeah, isn't it? If yep. he gets it, yeah, it's not fine. until then. It's yeah. But why yeah. didn't he last week? Yeah, I don't know what's and going what's on. Been, yeah. In the whole last season as well, like strange, yeah. strange scenes. It's like the Darcy Parish conundrum. He's just not playing inside where he should be playing. Mm. Uh, John Vogan. Carnage got the wits injury as well as Young and Caldwell. Does he get Big Max in or play Flynn and upgrade other lines? If he's got Flynn on his team, play Flynn. Play Flynn, Flynn. Yeah. fix, play fix Flynn. other issues. Yeah, fix two of them. This one from AJS Hawker. We've only got a couple more here, boys. No defender bench rookies. Young Hammy, no set and forget. Rucks, all 170K. Underperforming primos. Where to start? Hashtag keep paddling. Not a question. Yeah. I think that's just fight just on, AJ. Just grab that laptop and throw it in the river. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, in terms of a starting point, make sure you've got cover in your lines. You don't want to cop a donut on top of all the carnage you've already had. So, that's where I'd probably be directing my- my attention first. Yeah, chip away. One final player to talk about. I might even just touch on him. It's Jordan Dawson, who's been one of my boys for a long time. Um, wants to talk about him in classic setting. I can't touch him in classic. There's too many mouths to feed in the Sydney defence, and he just versed the one of the easiest um, scoring teams for defenders in Richmond, even though I do love the man. Did you jump on him at the end of last year as well? Because I did. I did last yeah, year. Yeah, yeah, so did I. But the thing yeah. is, he was playing wing. Yeah, he was a different um, role. And, and he had not that deaf forward position, which was really handy yeah, last year. Yeah, the problem is that. in the off-season, Sydney went and picked up Errol Gordon and Braden Campbell, who we've heard just time and time again, they're great ball users. I know Jordan Dawson is too, but they're going to have to share the ball around. So I think yeah. that Jordan Dawson is probably at his peak now. We're not going to see much more upside in him unless, unless that role changes. I love him as a player. I've got him in my key league side, my home league. But you saw on the weekend, like, started like a house on fire and just, you know, petered away. So, uh, he's not someone I could touch in classic, no. Great. Well, that, lads, is all the questions. And we thank you very much, Hef, for joining us. Oh, no um, problems. On the pod, on the pod pod. Pod pod. Uh, we've been getting a few um, Apple reviews too. So, keep getting those through. We'll, we'll try and read out a few on the next podcast. We're, we're running short of time this time. But uh, appreciate all the ratings and reviews on the Point of Difference AFL Fantasy Podcast on Apple. Thanks, Louis and Hef. Been a pleasure. No problems. Take it easy. Good on you, Dossie. Pod pod.